Black Whatever, a podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Jacob. And this is the very long-awaited, very highly anticipated, two years in the making, Howie episode. How excited are you, Jacob? I am pretty excited, I guess. (laughs) No, just kidding. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm pretty excited. For those of you who have not followed our podcast from the first episode or this is your first time hearing it, Jacob is actually um, Howie's his favorite. He's a huge Howie fan. Although I know that many of them along the way have tugged at your heartstrings, but Howie has been your number one favorite so far, right? Or is this a spoiler alert and this whole episode is ruined? Oh, it's only a spoiler alert if, you know, nobody's ever listened to any other episodes. Because, yeah, Howie was my favorite. I think we had to get through the weeds until we got to the flower, right? Most important episode, the Holly episode. Because I really, I remember the first recordings, I definitely was always like, we should do a Holly episode next. And then we always had to do one of the other ones. Yeah, episodes 1 through 24 are just filler. <laughs> just the filler. Just the, the foreplay <laughs> to get to the climax yeah. of Howie. <laughs> Kevin, AJ, Nick, eh. <laughs> like, yep. forget all that. There will, be people, there will be people out there that'll say that all the episodes matter, but no, just this one. <laughs> This is the one that matters. This is the one they'll probably actually put in history books, I'm sure. Well, hopefully. But I think I think Howie will listen to this one, though. I feel very confident. Good. I have high hopes. Me too. Yeah. Me too. There you go. Um, you okay? So we do have before we get all into Howie and all of the Howie goodness. Uh, that we're going to bring to you on this episode. We do have a couple of updates um, regarding Backstreet Boys, podcasts, all fun things, etc. Um, so I wanted to give you some updates uh, before we got into, um, well, let me, let me uh, preface by saying that we do have a very special guest um, on today's episode. It is not how we see, just to... Um, put your minds not at ease, but to, just to let you know now, Howie's not on the episode. However, I feel like it's close enough because we have a special guest named Melly who works um, alongside the Howie D fan page and along with many other fan pages. So we will be doing an exclusive interview with her, which is very exciting that she decided to dedicate some of her time to us. She is super, super busy. Um, so we will be doing an interview with her 
And then after our interview with her, uh, we'll be doing a album review of Howie's most recent album, Which One Am I? And she will be our co-reviewer in the episode. So uh, just to give you a little, uh, little bit of what's to come. So buckle in, everyone. It's going to be a exciting ride. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what's new with you, Jacob? You're not in Chicago at this moment, are you? I am not. But I think, did we already talk about that on the last episode, or is this our first episode recording with me in Chicago, or in Minnesota? I think this is the first one with you in Minnesota, but I could be wrong. I thought you were still in Chicago, but... But oh, wait. Right now. Yeah, no, this is yeah. this is our, the first, yeah, probably the first episode with me and, mm-hmm. while I'm in Minneapolis at my mom's right now. Yes. Yeah. So, hello, Jacob's mom. If you get a chance to see her after this episode, tell her, us and the viewers, say hello. Listeners? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, right before we recorded, you asked me a very great question. What was that question? Oh, yeah. So we were supposed to record this about two weeks ago. And then on the night that we were supposed to record, I called you. And then you just said, I can't record right now. And then I didn't hear anything from you. No explanation. No apology. (laughs) And still haven't gotten either of those. (laughs) Until now. I I mean, we have the tendency to flake out, you know... Pretty frequently, but not that, not that. It wasn't even, uh, you know, last minute. It was after, after the last minute. So negative last minute. <laughs> after minute. Yeah. Um, I feel like okay. Well, first and foremost, I'm so sorry I flaked out on you that evening about the Howie episode. I'm very sorry about that. Your belated apology is accepted. Thank you. And I should apologize again because the reason why I did not make the Howie episode that evening with you was because I had decided to quit the podcast and not tell you about it. Oh, yeah. I heard about this, actually. About you. (laughs) And then I still haven't told you about it until right now. So, but I'm back in case you're wondering. I had quit and I had returned. Either one of those did not tell you. Well, actually, actually, my buddy told me about it because he texted me on a group chat uh, with <laughs> my two other buddies. He's like, is everything okay with the podcast? And I said, um, yeah, I think so. Why? And then he sent me the post that you sent, and I was like, oh, I guess Taylor quit. Um, so then he and I and our two other buddies talked about how to reformat the show. So... If it ever happens again, we do have a backup plan. Do you want to hear what they are? Yes, could you please tell me what the backup plan is? So, there's two plans. There's one to keep it as a Backstreet Boys show, but now instead of it being Jacob and Taylor as the co-host, it would be Jacob, Arash, Austin, and Jack. And it would be, I think it was like a Boys Talking About Boys, a Backstreet Boys podcast. <laughs> I don't know why I do. 
Um, and then the other one was... That would be was, a fantastic episode, by the way. We should, you should just do that as an episode just to do it, because I think that would actually sound amazing. We just could. one episode. Um, my buddy Jack, his favorite, uh, his favorite character, or sorry, Backstreet Boy is, um, Brian, actually. He loves Brian. Really? Yeah. Uh. I, I actually think you should do this as a next episode. Okay. I think it would be amazing. All right, next episode. And then the other one was, you know, if we ran out of Backstreet Boys material, if we wanted to just do something else different, we were probably just going to do with I think probably just Arash, me and Austin. I don't know if Jack would be able to fit into this one, but doing a Prince podcast called I think it was just gonna be called the podcast formerly known as Backstreet's Back Whatever a Podcast Colon a Prince Podcast. <laughs> also would have been we've talked about that one before. Yeah. And I still think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so you so you decided to quit. Why did you decide to quit? Um, well, here's what happened. Um, this might be shocking to you, but our fandom sometimes has some drama in it. I don't know if you're aware. I.e. last episode called Drama, Drama, Drama. Uh, that was a plug for our last episode. Check that out if you haven't listened to it. Episode 24. Yep. Um, the drama episode. So, the drama <laughs> episode. So, okay. What happened was that um, a couple weeks ago, Nick announced on uh, his uh, a Twitter, social media, all that stuff, that he was going to do... Um, uh, for his fan club uh, live stream and then you would sign up to do uh, a phone call that Nick would call you there would be a one-on-one phone call and and you could you know have some one-on-one time with Nick right mm-hmm. so um, I didn't sign up for it uh, because it was really like it not, I want to say really expensive it just was I just couldn't afford it so I couldn't do it because um, my daughter decided to get braces that week <sighs> children uh, whatever you know that that cost me an arm and a leg. Uh, it cost it cost me cruise money, basically, is what that was. Mm-hmm. But um, so I couldn't do it. Um, and I, so anyway, I had heard it. But afterwards, after the first day, there was two days where you could sign up and you could have him call you and you'd have your one-on-one time on the phone. And the first day, I heard a lot of mixed reviews, and not a lot of people were happy. Um, at least from what I had heard on social media, that not a lot of people were thrilled because the length of time for what you paid for did not seem adequate enough. Mm. So what I'm going to ask you, Jacob, because you don't know any of this, is that if I paid, if I paid $150 to talk to Nick Carter on the phone, how long do you think that phone call would be um, or how short of a call would be offensive? To a fan who paid one hundred and fifty dollars to talk to Nick, how short of a call would be offensive? Yeah. Oh well, if I'm thinking in the mindset of a skeezy Backstreet Boy, for one hundred and fifty dollars, I would give my fans uh, ten minutes. So you think ten minutes is offensive? amount of time so what i think would be an appropriate amount of time ask 
You think an appropriate amount of time is 10 minutes? I think an appropriate amount of time for $150 would be like 30 minutes. Okay. And then you think that 10 minutes would be an offensive amount of time? Yeah, but I'm going to guess that it was like two or three minutes, right? Well, that's a that's a great example, Jacob. It's actually forty seconds. Forty seconds. Forty seconds. Not even a full minute to talk to Nick. It was forty seconds. Wow. One hundred and fifty dollars for forty seconds. Huh? One hundred and fifty dollars for forty seconds. Yes. Wow. And from what I was told, he uh, also had like a pre-scripted message the beginning of each call so not everybody got to like sit there 40 seconds in and I don't think everybody knew on the first day it was 40 seconds obviously everybody on day two knew because they were prepared for what everybody on day one said but yes 40 seconds for $150 and surprisingly yours truly this guy right here thought that that was absurd And I said it on Twitter, and my tweet was that if I'm not making out with Nick Carter for 40 seconds, nothing is worth $150. Like, we should be making out or something. I should have been getting second base or something for $150 for 40 seconds of his time. And I adore Nick very much, but that is a complete waste of time and money. I'm sorry. but And I did preface by saying... If you paid 150 and you enjoyed it, that is great for you. I totally would not have paid that, and I'm glad I did it because that is insane. And I'm and I was like, I think it was, um, I was just doing the math, and I was like, if 200 people signed up for that event, he made thirty thousand dollars, obviously excluding from wherever cuts go to people, but thirty thousand dollars was profited from what, 200 people making 40-second calls. And the man's in quarantine. Like, he could have stretched it out to a four-day weekend and talked to everybody for five minutes. I would have been fine with five five minutes of Nick Carter time. But 40 seconds, like, not even a full minute? I'm like, that is insane. I'm like, that is ridiculous. I did not agree with it. And I had been, like, mud on by many fans, Nick fans, who did not appreciate that I felt that way, and then alluded to the fact that I was saying he was greedy. I'm like, I'm not saying that he's greedy. I'm saying that the event overall is an insane amount of money for what you're getting for, and I almost felt like wanting to say like something on there, like um, something along the lines of like when you clearly have uh, like. Uh, what is it when you clearly do more for him than he does for you and it shows like that is kind of like the context of like we have spent so much money for these boys so much over the course of 20 years I mean we have paid for their kids to go to college their kids are set Uh, I mean like their lives are set and that was because we pay for that so the least they could do is if they're going to do an event where they're going to give you their one-on-one attention it should be quality time and even if it's two or three minutes I think that would have been less offensive than 40 seconds like I mean I know that you know a lot of people think that that's great they got that time with him but that's not fair to them and I I just don't think it was a fair amount of time so you know a lot of people seem to enjoy it so good for them I want to take away from them, but 
but I said something about it, and then it was a whole debate, and then somebody subtweeted that I was a jealous bitch, and then I got really pissed off, and um, then I snapped at someone else who didn't deserve to be snapped at, because I was already pissed off about the person calling me the jealous bitch, and I was like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Why? Why am I sitting here, like, being, like, like, engaged in this nonsense that is, like, it's just not even worth my time. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, why am I doing this? So, um, yeah, I think I just had felt overwhelmed. And, like, prior to that, some uh, girl had signed me on Twitter that had nothing to do with Nick Carter, but, like, had to do with, like, our drama episode. And some girl threatened me on Twitter, and that was fun. Uh, and then, um, and I'm not even going to get into the specifics of that, but that was just annoying. And uh, then some other girl had blocked me because I had posted something on Twitter about, like, um, which, which, it was like a, like a meme, right? It had different boys for, like, different things. And, like, Nick was like, oh, your childhood crush. And Brian was your high school sweetheart. And Kevin was the person you marry. And then I prefaced with saying, like, everybody mix it up however best is you. And this one girl was like, how dare you um, put something thinking that everybody likes the same guy. And I was like, no, it's supposed to be fun. And everybody just plays along. Then she subtweeted, like, I hate these fan groups and their horrible bias, and I'm going to call everybody out on it. And I'm like, there is no bias. Like, it is supposed to be fun, and you're ruining this. Like, no. So then she blocked me, and I was like, people are crazy, and I hate Twitter, and I hope it burns in hell. So that's, that's where we're at. And that's why I decided to quit for all of a week. And then I was like, no, I still like this. Maybe, uh... You know, or are you saying? No, I don't hate the podcast. I just really hate Twitter. Sure. But the hard part is, is that Twitter is very helpful for the work that we do with our podcast and other things. It's a great networking place. So it's like I hate it, but I also need it. And yeah. that makes me hate it even more. Yeah. Maybe our next episode should be um, conflicts within the uh, Backstreet Boys fan cult. You know what, we tried to do that, and I think we all know how that ended up the last time, and that's why we didn't do it, so I'm good. Or maybe, <laughs> totally, totally. maybe an episode that about the toll that it takes on a person's <laughs> mental health being a fan of these cult leaders. <laughs> it's just like the, I, it's just, it, it's, it's really just Twitter overall, because it could be, it's not like it's just actually boy specific, but if you disagree with something that someone else doesn't agree with, like the, just the entire like rage of like going from zero to a hundred that happens, and then let alone like in a fan group where it's like everybody clearly has a favorite, and then you like don't completely agree with your favorite, which by the way, like, Nick is my favorite, but it's really not going to be Kevin. But, like, Nick is my favorite, but I don't agree with everything he does. I'm sorry, but that doesn't mean that, like, I'm not, I don't hate him. I love Nick, but I don't agree with everything he does. 
just don't. But anyway, enough about Nick. This is the Howie episode. Last thing I want is to overshadow Howie with another boy. He's already used to that. We cannot have that. But that was my, that was my, um, I'm done with the podcast. I'm sick of this shit. And then a week later, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm coming back. <laughs> I haven't told Jacob. I probably should. And actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. and actually, we should acknowledge what it was that got you out of your slump. It was my, uh, it was my Kevin meme. <laughs> which still you hasn't know. been posted on either the Backstreet's Back whatever Instagram account mm. or the Perfect Fan account. What a wonderful segue, Jacob, into talking about the Perfect Fan fan page. Oh my God, oh, yeah, what a wonderful segue. Didn't mean to do that, but yeah. So let's talk about uh, the perfect fan fan page. What is that? What what was it? What is that? What is what did I mean when I said that? Because we didn't give it any context before. Oh yes. So um, so I had an idea. So this podcast has inspired some you know great ideas for episodes. But one of the things that um, has really been inspirational is the fans that we, um, you know, connect with and interview with and, you know, just who I talk to on social media. And to be fair, um, they were really the reason why I came back to this podcast because there was a lot of people, I mean, besides you and, and Kev, the Kevin Mean that I haven't shared yet, but I, I will soon, um, <laughs> was a lot of the people that had a lot of great um, feedback when I said that I was done with the podcast and a lot of people who have been awesome and, um, you know, just committed so much time. So, um, a few weeks ago I had gone into a group text with some other fans and we talked about ideas, uh, for doing our own thing, uh, you know, that was like Backstreet Boys related. And, um, a lot of them had great ideas and we, you know, all like came together through like spitball some ideas and you know for me what had stuck out was uh something along the lines of the title the perfect fan right because it was it's a Backstreet Boys song so obviously people that see that title know exactly what it means but then it's also like about us not trying to say that we're the perfect fans but like as all the fans you know that that do stuff for the Backstreet Boys and all we are perfect fans so um, that was, like, where that title came from. And then, secondly, I, I knew that there were so many different people that we got to interact with, people who had did covers of Backstreet Boys songs, people who did sketches, uh, memes, uh, any type of artistic or creative uh, project that they've done that was Backstreet Boys inspired. And I was like, you know, it would be wonderful to take all of this talent and put it into one place where it could be shared on a regular basis and to really showcase and brag about all these talented people that do specific Backstreet Boys things. And I'd love to have that all in one place. So that uh, inspired the Perfect Fan fan page. And we've only had it out for, I've only had it out for a week. And um, 
so far we've come across so many wonderful people. There's been, um, just today was, uh, we came across that I say we, like you and I are doing it together, but I'm so used to saying we, but like I found someone who did, uh, a choreography of everybody backstreets back. So I shared that, um, you know, there's, these other people like um that did all these sketches of like nick and brian and aj and what's even more cool about it is that you know when i go on twitter i really see a lot of people that i engage with um that are super fans in the united states like this has really like been people all over the world that i've been able to talk to like just today um there was a page uh manu who's 26 from spain and i shared his sketches and you know there's another uh person kenny um that uh is also like 30 and is in oh my goodness it's gonna the netherlands and um so it's so cool because there's all these people from like all over the world that are huge fans and have this amazing talent and um you know sometimes it's uh it's cool to share that amongst our fan community so um if you haven't seen it for our listeners out there or haven't followed it please 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 follow the perfect fan uh page on instagram and on twitter oh yeah yeah so is Melly ready, or should we discuss this meme that I sent you? <laughs> she is ready, but we can talk. It's a Kevin meme, and this is a Howie episode. So. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll, sh- I'll share your meme, okay? I will. I will share it. I will put it on there tomorrow. Okay. okay. It's gonna, I'll do it. I'll okay. do it. Actually, uh, yeah, put it on after I, after we post this episode. Because then it'll okay, make more good, sense. Yeah. Then it'll be more relevant. Yeah. Um, before we call Melly, I want to do some quick shout-outs. Um, I've been trying to be uh, better about acknowledging all the listeners from all over the world, uh, which is always super cool to see. Um, so we had a lot of people, um, or I should say maybe one person, that made tons of listens in Sweden. So that was really cool. Uh, hello to our Swedish fans. Uh, Mongolia. Hello to fans in Mongolia and Turkey. I thought it was worth mentioning. So, hello to all of our international fans. Thank you, thank you. Um, there is a huge fan that I don't know who this is, but that lives in Massapequa, New York. So, for our listener that's in Massapequa, New York, please tell me who you are. I'd love to send you a gift from our merchandise. So, Massapequa, New York. Let me know who you are. Send me your tags. I will send you some free merchandise. Um, we also sent, uh, so now my new thing is wanting to send some free merchandise to our uh, our top listeners. Um, our, you know Jackie. She's our very, very first listener that we've ever had that, mm-hmm. like, shouted us out on Twitter. Yeah. She um, got a complimentary uh, canteen mug uh, two weeks ago. But also, she also bought one of our shirts, and she got the red one, and I sent uh, a link to you so you oh, yeah. see it. I but, saw that. Yeah, she posted it. Oh, did you? Yeah. She posted it on Twitter with her red shirt and the mug, which is super cool. So, of course, a huge shout-out to Jackie, who has been our number one fan from the very beginning, always promoting everything that we do. Uh, I have a special soft spot for Jackie, so 
thank you, thank you for always supporting us. And the shirt looks amazing on you. Yeah, thank you, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then also, so I, I will do two gift giveaways for our merchandise. One is for our fan in Massapequa, New York, who uh, we will find out who you are. And then second is a lovely fan from London, England, called Joe uh, Snazwell. So she uh, has been listening to a lot of our episodes lately and has been uh, very active on both the Perfect Fans and the um, uh, podcast page. So I would love to send her a gift as well. So she will get a message from me before this episode airs. But um, but Joe Snazwell, thank you for being our top listener this past two weeks. So those are all of our updates. Cool. All right, so we'll go ahead and put a little pause on this, and uh, we'll be back with our special guest, Melly. All right, hello, Melly. Yes. Jacob. Yes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I did it. I don't want to talk to you about how horrible it went up until this point. I can only imagine. Well, Melly, meet Jacob. Jacob, Melly, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. You're very welcome. So, um, originally, I think this was like a month ago, um, which, by the way, thank you for being so patient with us and all of our flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. A month ago, I posted about Howie, and I'm like, I really need someone on, like, this Howie episode, because uh, just to give you some context, like, our podcast is like, we'll do some album reviews, we'll do, like, some specific topics, and then we're going to throw in a solo uh, episode of each of the boys here and there. Jacob's been very upset with me because we've done this podcast for two years, and his favorite is Howie, and we haven't done Howie up until this point, so um, he's, he's, he's feels vindicated tonight. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I, I feel the same way. He needs to get that recognition, like, right away, so there you go. Thank you. So he I does. He does. Yes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Finally, somebody. Sorry, I let you down, Jacob, okay? <laughs> well, we you're forgiven. today, don't worry. <laughs> so, of course, like, I go on Twitter, and I, like, I'm asking, you know, like, I really want a Howie fan on there, and, like, hands down, it was very unanimous, and everyone's like, I haven't talked to Melly. Melly, what about Melly? And I was like, well, I feel bad for like the poor bastard who thought they could do it. That was Melly. That wasn't Melly because it's that wasn't Melly. <laughs> that wasn't. I have, I have friends. I have friends that could do it. I, uh, you know, my bestie could do it justice as well. I know, but then I was like, no, there's no way because like everybody said Melly, and I'm like, well, now I have to ask. <laughs> I'm like, if I don't, I'm like, well, now I got to do it. <laughs> but you were so kind to be up for doing it. So thank you for joining us. Uh, this oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. And now we have a little bit of Never Have I Ever. Are you familiar with the game? I think so. Okay. Now, normally, how this 
would work, but we're doing this all through via phone, so we don't, drinking does not have to be allowed, although they probably already drinking, but Never Have I Ever would be, we pick some Howie Backstreet Boy theme. If you have done it, you take a drink, which you do know, you can drink water or alcoholic beverage, I'm not here to judge, Uh, and you would have to say, if you have done it, you don't have to go into explanation, but if you want to, also fine. So, okay. all right, first one is, never have I ever said something embarrassing in front of Howie. I haven't, oh. well, I have said embarrassing things, but um, I've done embarrassing things too. The last cruise, we were standing at the elevators, and they have like, you know, they have their pictures on them, whatever, and I was standing pretending to make out with Howie when he, <laughs> I backed up in the elevator, opened up, he to get off. <laughs> so had I not, yeah, had I not leaked back. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, embarrassing. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's all take a drink for Melly for that one, because that definitely deserves a drink. Uh-huh. I like that. That's a good one. Never have I ever seen a member of the Backstreet Boys do something I could not unsee. I have. I, I'm going to take a drink as well because I've been on. I've been on a cruise. I've seen some things I can't unsee. Uh, right? Like, yeah, I have seen some things I cannot unsee. Yeah, etched in my brain. Yes. Uh, have you done the European cruise? No. <laughs> oh, that's, well, I'm uh, scared. I, I, I did. And let me tell you, Fifty Shades of BSB saw some things I could not unsee. So there you go. From the videos of that, that would definitely yeah. qualify as things you can't unsee. <laughs> true. Very true. All right. <laughs> and then the icebreakers. You see? All funny. That was games. good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now we're good to go. All right, Melly, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from, and how long have you, uh, where did this love for the Backstreet Boys begin? Jacob, feel free to interrupt me with any questions, anytime. Sure. Um, I am in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, so it's kind of north-central Alberta. Um, Alberta's located above Montana-ish just for relevance of where I actually am. Gotcha. Um, my love of Backstreet Boys started, I was a New Kids on the Block fan growing up. So when they kind of parted ways was when Backstreet Boys really kind of started or when I first saw them. Um, and it was a quit play, it was quit playing game video that I saw first. Mm-hmm. And I picked Howie right away. Like, it's all That's a good video. Howie. Yeah. It was a good one. Yeah, like, it's just, it's always been him. I can't, I don't, I don't know, like, what reason why it was him. It was just always him. I mean, AJ holds a very close second. Ah, uh, because it's always been Howie. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because you were in Canada, then you kind of knew about the Backstreet Boys before, like, the U.S. did then, right? Because I know that Canada picked up on Backstreet Boys before we did. A little bit, but not uh, not too much. I kind of lived, um, my hometown um, is in the bottom corner of Alberta, and it's kind of, it's small, 
college, so we didn't, and back then, like, we didn't have MTV, we didn't, we had much music in Canada, and, you know, like, they played them a lot, but wasn't, you know, wasn't as much as I'm sure probably the exposure when they hit the U.S., because that's when I really, really got into it. Those first few years were like, oh, hum, they're great, who are they? And then all of a sudden, it was like, Millennium hit was like, oh my gosh, who are these people? I need to know everything about them. And then I was on like chat groups and then like MSN and trying to find everything I could out about them and like buying magazines. And I'm like, I'm going off to college and graduating from high school and but still like wanted posters and all that fun stuff. So uh, when I was in oh, high school, uh, oh yeah, yes, high school, but like when I was like eighth grade, like freshman, sophomore year, um, there was this uh, magazine shop right by my house, which I'm sure my mom loved at the time as I was burning a hole through her wallet, but uh, there was this magazine shop that had like international magazines, and Europe and Canada had the best magazines for Backstreet Boy stuff, because everything was like, with like the Teeny Bopper magazines, and um, this is where Jacob's going to get completely lost, by the way, but like the Teeny Bopper magazines in America had like the same old recycled images, but Canada and Europe knew what was up, and I, of course I paid a lot more for those magazines, because they were the international ones, which my mom did not appreciate, but I had the best articles and posters that not many other people had, so I feel like I should say thank you to Canada for some of your, for your posters. We did have some good ones, I still have a few of them that, yeah, like an entire magazine dedicated to all of them and learning them and posters and like all that fun stuff that I think, you know, kids nowadays that like boy bands or the like, like they just don't have access to that as readily as we did. I know, see, I think we're the better generation then. Mm -hmm. Just saying. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So now you, so you started this, um, like this great fascination, like interest in Backstreet Boys. Millennium takes off. How do you go from a fan to like now you're doing all these like awesome like uh, Backstreet Boys inspired fan pages? I mean, you're doing Howie D's World, which I'd love to know more about. Like, how do you sure. go from there to here? Uh, it's crazy to think of the evolution of it, but, um, Twitter really is kind of where it started. Um, that's where I met my best friend, gonna give her a shout out, just because without Howie, essentially, I wouldn't know her, because we, um, first started out in a little group together there, and she needed a hand with getting a video together for him for his birthday, and so I helped her out, and... I mean, now, nine years later, we're best friends, and she's my Backstreet Boys travel partner, and we go everywhere and do everything Backstreet Boys together, so um, Twitter really is kind of where it started in that, you know, I would tweet, and then would tweet him, and then, you know, back then, you'd get lots of responses, so then it was, like, constant, constant. I would tweet, somebody else would tweet. They were just a little bit more interactive, and then... I got asked by um, Sarah, who runs um, Who the Backstreet or What the Backstreet. Um, oh, yeah. She, yeah, Sarah. She oh, asked it. Sarah. She's very lovely. Love, love her very much. Yes. Yes. She um, asked me on behalf of Kat, actually, uh, about three 
remember she had asked me if I wanted to help out with Howie's page because he was doing more things and so kind of was like, well, how else can we promote it? So that's kind of where Howie D's World came into play um, just to get the word out and because he was running, um, they were running a contest where you could win a dinner um, in Vegas with him, which my best friend won, so we got to have dinner there. Yeah, so it just kind of evolved. It sounds like in such a strange way because when I talk about it, I'm like, wow, Twitter, like that's where it started and that's where it's continued. And um, through that, then got asked to help out with his webpage, which I'm still doing, you know, today. Um, just set off another post, hopefully, to get up and then helping with the fan club on Facebook, too. So it's just kind of been, you know, who who sees what you're what you're posting, what you're tweeting, what you're saying, and then if they needed that spot to be filled, then they just asked if I would, and I was like, I'd be silly not to do it. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's obviously gained a lot of traction. Like, you do um, you do Howie D's World, and then you do BSB Fangirls, right? Um, I was doing that. Yeah, I stepped back from that for just a little bit just because I didn't have the time to devote to it and mm-hmm. felt like I wasn't... Um, I just wasn't able to contribute as much as I wanted to, so did step back from that uh, a little bit ago. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah. so it's is it it's mostly like how Ed's world you'd say is like the the mecca of where all your stuff is. Yeah, that's where the big one is right now is how Ed's world, and then I do have um, a number of posts on his actual like at how dot net. Um, have a number of those posts. Um, that I've done for him over the years, like over the past three years, just to kind of help promote him. Like it was super, super busy when he released his album. Um, last year was really busy for posts, and then Vegas was busy, and then he was doing how he how he eats, and you know, just making sure that everybody knew um, about him. Because I feel like he, I feel like he's always in the background, and I don't think that he deserves to be a little bit. I think he deserves to be in a forefront. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily think that he gives himself as much credit as he should. So if he's not going to, well, you better believe I'm going to. <laughs> Jacob would also agree with you on this, for sure. Yeah, I think um, I think people are starting to kind of see it now. Yeah. You know, and it's taken 27 years for people to be <laughs> like, wow, you know what, he's a great guy. He's doing all these other things. He's not, you know, not just doing... Um, you know, Backstreet Boys, he has all these other endeavors that he does and things that people don't know about on the side and, you know, awards that he's won quietly and things that he's involved in in his community at home. And, you know, like, I think that those need to be celebrated, too, just to see the other side of him and not always the Backstreet Boys side. Um, I think that's a great segue kind of into the next question, then, of being like, sure. tell, us some of the, tell us some of, like, the side projects that um, we should know more about or that, you know, should be recognized. Because um, I know I was just doing a little bit of research, and I, you know, was, uh, you know, reading up on that he's, you know, getting involved in this, like, condominium business, and I know he does, like, foundation work uh, for lupus. I know he's been doing that for a while. So um, obviously as someone who knows like all the in-depth of Howie, like what is it that we should really know about him? 
Yeah, he, um, when his sister passed away, he started up um, the Duro Lupus Foundation. And actually, a funny story with that is when Caroline passed away, um, AJ's mom was running their fan club at that time, I believe. And she posted, she's like, I can't even remember where I saw it, but it was like, if you'd like to send you know, your condolences or whatever to how we spend it here. And at that time, I was like, oh, I want to find some, you know, a lupus foundation here in Canada that people can donate to. And then, you know, we can partner with them. So I'm going to try and do that um, and send a letter to Denise stating what I was going to do, never thinking anybody would really see it. And then I got a letter back from her assistant, who happens to be um, at the time with her niece. And she's like, Howie saw your letter. He was really touched, you know, and we're going to try to get the two things together. So um, even before I met him face-to-face, we had, like, an interaction that I remember. I'm sure he probably doesn't. But um, so he was doing the Duro Lupus Foundation. And then um, that's not in existence anymore, to my knowledge. They Then he moved on to, I'm going to say the wrong one, but it's the LA, it's an L.A. Lupus Foundation um, that he works, still kind of does something with when he lived in L.A., obviously was a little bit more active in it. Um, then he's re- they're really, both he and me are very, very active in a boys' school, you know, and um, fundraisers and volunteering their time and things like that for the school. And then he um, has his condominium project, which actually he and John have been in, um, real estate development for years. So oh. just kind of just, yeah, um, quite a few years, actually. There was an interview that he did quite, that Howie did recently talking about the condominium project where it's been like 20 some odd years that they've been in real estate. Okay. So they'll buy properties and they'll um, redo them and renovate them and then resell them or they're built from the ground up. Um, he also, um, I believe, had something to do with a hotel um, in Florida, and I can't think of the name of it off my head, top of my head right now either, but he's very, very active in the community. He actually won um, a star on the Braveheart Walk of Fame a few years ago, and it was so quiet, quietly talked about that not a lot of people knew. I definitely and did not know he, about it. That's so cool. Yeah, and he also helps out with, there's like a student showcase of Florida I'm going to say the wrong thing, but um, up-and-coming, you know, film people, students, um, and he has judged that and spoke at it twice now. So very, very downtime. He's pretty busy. He's so, like, under the radar. Like, even though he's busy, he's so under the radar because, like, I did not know about any of these things. Uh, I mean, like, other than, like, what I, like, tried to, like, Google and find, but, like, not, like, um, he's not one to, like, brag about himself, which I know is very endearing, but I'm like, no, talk about yourself and what you're doing. <laughs> it's, the, it's the one thing sometimes that I wish that he did more of because yeah. there are other things that he does and nobody knows about it, and then it's like, oh, how he did that? Well, I mean, that's why when I come in, I'm like, oh, guns are blazing, talk about it, you know, build them up for forever, right? Yeah. How, how do you find out now? How do you find out about these projects to share about them? Like, does Howie, does Howie's team share them with you? Like, do you have to do research? Like, how does, how does, I guess, like, a lot of the work that you do? 
a lot of the time it just kind of pops up or I see somebody else's tag, somebody else in it, and then I'll go and investigate a little bit further to kind of see, you know, what it is that's going on and if it's, you know, worth talking about or promoting or talking a lot because, you know, I don't... I don't ever want to be like, here, let's, I'm going to talk about this for you. And then maybe he really didn't want people to know about that. I don't ever want to be that person. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, kind of pay attention to where things are. And if I see somebody post about it, then that's awesome. And I will, you know, post about it myself. And usually, like if it's the, the um, construction one was never kind of posted on, like, his, Instagram, and that's sometimes where I'll grab it too. Is I'll see something posted in his story, and then I'm like, oh, okay, not everybody looks at stories all the time. So then I'll grab it and I'll post it on Twitter, and then you know people can go from there. And usually, half an hour or so later, he'll post about it on Twitter. But all right, um, Jacob, Jacob, I have been dominating all the questions. Do you have? I do have more questions from Ellie, but please ask some questions. I actually do have a question. Um, so, sometime in 1990, whatever, there was an episode of Cribs where uh, you go to uh, a condo that, it's Howie's condo in yep. Cocoa Beach. Yep. Yep. Does, does he still own it? He does. Really? Yep. Okay. When you, yeah, when you see the pictures that they'll post and they're, kind of, they're at the beach. Yeah. That's where they are. If they're not like, if he's posting them or if he's posting them, is that? So yeah. at that condo, that's there. Crazy. And actually, the interview—I think the interview that he did was either there or part of it was there because there's pictures and things from inside there. So. Wow. So he still owns it. Yeah, you bet. That's crazy. Can um, you tell her why you asked that? <laughs> well, I know that, why you're asking. Because I took a trip. Um, uh, maybe two, two springs ago, uh, me and a couple of buddies, we went to Florida, um, and we stayed at our friend Miranda's dad's, uh, condo down there, which is across the street from that condo. Cause we watch, cause we looked, cause we watched the, um, we watched that video, like very, like we looked at like every little detail Hopefully. and we were like, Oh, we're actually right across the street and it's right up there across the street from us. Yeah. But then we were like, we were yeah. like, he probably doesn't own it, but wow. So he still does. That's cool. That's crazy. Yeah. Kind of like your own little vacation spot in your own city. Yeah, at one point I think we got really drunk and we started screaming Howie at the building. <laughs> so. He'll come, he'll come out to that for sure. I don't think anybody was there because we didn't see anything, no. but yeah. Does Howie have, I mean, I have, I guess I have, like, so many questions, but I don't even know where to start, you know, it's like, 
what questions do you start with when you're trying to find out everything about your best friend? You know, it's tough. <laughs> uh, does he have any like weird like favorite foods? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Other than, I, I mean, I think at one time he, I mean, he enjoys all food. He's a foodie. He's like self-proclaimed fruit foodie, right? So mm. I don't think there's any a food that he would turn down. Okay. Um, do you know what his favorite movie is? Uh, I don't. Do you know who his favorite Backstreet Boy is? Oh God. I know who Howie's favorite Backstreet Boy is. Yeah. Um, I bet you it probably depends on the day and the situation. Okay. Yeah, but I'm going to have to say that his favorite Backstreet Boy is AJ. Okay. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I think they've known each other the longest and they have like... Uh, it seems to be the closest relationship, just from knowing each other the longest. And, uh, yeah, and I know um, at one time that he really liked gummy bears, and people would bring gummy bears to um, meet and greet to give him. Mm. Um, was AJ yeah, his yeah, best man? Gummy He's such a foodie that he would take anything, so <laughs> I'm sure. But wait, now, the question, would he really take food from a complete stranger that just called in his best friend? Because if I was Howie and someone called me their best friend and I hadn't met them, I might be resistant to taking some food. Uh, he would, actually, because... <laughs> Does he have, like, people that, like, test who, like, eat the gummies before him to make sure that, like, they're not poisoned and then he'll eat them? I don't know. I don't... That would be, like, that would be Aaron's job when he was there. Now, it would be Doug's job, but I'm sure it's okay. We um, actually bought him um, a sushi burrito in Vegas one time and gave it to him. He took it. Hmm. Oh, what if, okay, follow-up question. Can Jacob bring Howie's food and preface with, it's okay, Melly said it's cool? <laughs> you probably could. You could probably say Melly said it's Cool. There you go, Jacob. See? <laughs> there you go. Maybe I could say, Melly says it's cool, and then do like a wink wink. <laughs> that would work. Melly says it's cool, wink wink. Yeah. <laughs> Melly says it's cool, wink wink. Um, you, could, you could use air quotes when you say my name, be like, Melly. <laughs> yeah. That is okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe every word will be in. Uh, quotations. Melly <laughs> says Melly it's says. cool. <laughs> that word um, works. Sure. Oh, I have a question though. Jumping back to AJ, was AJ his best man, or was it someone else? No, Some nine I, Backstreet Boy. I think his brother. Oh, okay, that's fine then. John was, there was a time where I was in university, I was moving, I was starting a family, trying to start a family, got married, so kind of didn't follow as close as I had before, just because there were so many other things going on, that, you know, I knew, I knew what was going on, but it wasn't as close as kind of it was before, and then where I am now, 
so there's a gap in there where I'm like, I don't, like, I know, but I don't know. Sure. If that makes sense. Sure. Would you say that's your life's biggest regret? Not getting married, hypothetically. I'm just saying, like, that sounds like that was a big regret, the gap of time of not knowing Howie. Yeah, I think sometimes, I think, some, I, and it wasn't just Howie, it was kind of Backstreet Boys in general were, were on the back burner for a while. So it was gone because. Uh, no, because I, you know what? Those are my, I love Kevin, but those are my favorite albums. Oh, I just, I do. Yeah, you wouldn't hear first. You said that the best albums were without Kevin. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say it. I know, right? You heard it first. <laughs> Allie said, so many Kevin fans are going to be coming for you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I love Kevin. I do. I love him. He's super, super sweet. But those albums for me are just, are just better. Hmm. We have not, um, Jacob hasn't heard those albums yet. Um, we haven't gone in full a lot. I know. <laughs> Taylor, not Taylor won't, purpose. no, Taylor not won't let me. Purpose. She said I can't listen to them. Oh my God. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> when we end this podcast, you need to go and you need to listen to those albums. <laughs> I, I'd like to, okay. Disclaimer here, everybody, before I start getting thrown into the bus, Jacob, I, I'm practicing with that we we have been going in order for the most part of the episodes, so we haven't got into um, In a World Like This or, you know, This Is Us or Unbreakable, so we haven't gotten there, but it is on the set list, okay? Sure. I you. On the set list, I cannot forget the albums without Kevin. Also, we're going to do, and I don't want to segue from Howie because, like, no, poor no, guys already went to that, but I, I also going to do a podcast of Kevin's acting roles, which I think will be very entertaining for all involved. I did do Dead oh. Seven, which I think you should check out, um, but yes. Well, I've, seen Dead Seven. I've seen it numerous times. <laughs> So, yes, I thought uh, Howie and his work was very well done in Dead 7. It was. It, actually, it was. It's very well done, and at the same time, when you watch it the third, fourth time, you can't help but laugh. Um, Jacob, do you have Dead 7? Did I loan it to you yet? Yeah, I still have it. Yeah, he asked me to borrow, we did do an episode of reviewing Dead 7, and he's like, can you please loan me this DVD, because I want to watch it again. But also, he also had the documentary, and um, when we started this podcast, he was like, you know, like not knowing anything about them, and now like he's fully ingrained into the cult like all of us, Um, so there's no turning back now. But when he was, like, starting to, like, really get to know them, he was, like, watching the documentary. And then he texted me because uh, he thought it was going to be such a crap documentary. And so he texted me and said, oh, my God, this documentary is wonderful. <laughs> I like, yes! I didn't text it to you. You sat behind me. So I turned around and said it to you, remember? No. No, you did Well, first of all, no, you did say it to me, but I didn't stay through the whole documentary with you. Oh. So I let you watch the rest of it by yourself, not thinking that you were going to watch the rest of it by yourself. And then an hour after I left, oh, yeah, you text right. me saying, oh, my God, this documentary is freaking great or something like that. And I was, I felt very vindicated, and I was very surprised. I left you to watch it, and you actually finished it. So. Yeah. 
Um, fun fact about that Dead 7 uh, DVD that you loaned me, I have not watched it since I borrowed it. <laughs> so, a little <laughs> trivia like, for our listeners at home. Dead 7, though? Like, you've watched it, Jacob, or you haven't watched it? I have not watched it. Oh, we watched it. No, no, no. You watched it. You've watched it one time with, it was me, right. Ruby, and you when we did the review. Right. Oh, for sure he's watched it one time. Okay, one time. You're cool about it. But one since I, good, but since but I borrowed it, I haven't watched watch it, it at all. Yeah. But since I borrowed it, I haven't watched it at all. Yeah. Well, now's your chance. Um, exactly. It's on Amazon Prime, too. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Oh, maybe I will watch it then. Um, it's 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 great. I mean, it's horrible, but it's great. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how else to say yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, right. It is. It's horrible, like, but it's great. It's, yeah, I don't know. That's the only way I can describe it. Like, it's just that's it. I don't know. And I don't know if it's horrible. I just think it's like it's funny, right? Because everybody that's in in there, we see them as pop stars and we don't necessarily see them as anything else so to like switch and be like oh that's Jeff Timmons but it's not Jeff Timmons that's you know he's playing a character and sometimes that part of it so that makes it kind of funny yeah and I think it's like it's meant to be goofy so it's like kind of like um and you know to kind of segue to Howie's uh, album but like if you take it for what it is and then it's then you you don't have like these different expectations like it's meant to be um like a uh goofy zombie movie it's not meant to be like Walking Dead <laughs> it's like kind of a similar like Sharknado type of feel because it has like the sci fi brand on there so it's like once you kind of know that then you know what to expect so then you don't feel like oh this wasn't what I thought it would be well I'm like it's not a serious Oscar movie like it's a it's a goofy zombie movie with point band members right. yeah and it's funny because we're um, my best friends on the other phone listening and she's like talk about this talk about that so I'm segueing. If you guys, if you guys didn't know already, that you guys know that the Backstreet Boys were on Arthur. Uh, I did, yes, but I don't remember it because I know that. Yeah, she said it. I was like, oh yes, now I remember. Yeah, yeah, Arthur. So Jacob, you need to go look at that up if you haven't. Mm-hmm. And then Howie was on. He's actually been on two episodes of Dora. He was Santa Claus um, in one of them. And then the other one, he was actually London Bridge. Hmm. The London Bridge one is very, very hard to find on YouTube. Um, but the Dora one's quite easy to find. You just have to look up how he Dora Christmas. Nice. You mentioned yes. that your friend is on the phone. Does she want to join us on the call? <laughs> She's like, no, I'll just whisper. I mean, it might sound a little creepy at first, but I think it also <laughs> You could hear this voice of like, don't you just like hear the background, don't forget about the Howie thing. And then, you know, just like, what? What is that whisper? <laughs> she just did that on a phone. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, do you want to be part of it? Again, if you do an AJ one. Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> 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 Oh, 
who you're talking about now. So hello, by the way. But also, <laughs> if you want to like do some whisper commentary, you could just whisper commentary throughout this podcast if you like. I, I actually think that it sounds delightful. That'd be hilarious. Okay, well then I'll just put her here. There you go. Just like, you know, every like 30 or like every two minutes you hear in the background, yeah, that's right, or something like, you're like that. feel free to do that. That sounds great. I'm all for it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she um, is actually a real, I'm going to tell this story because it's a fun story and Howie's heard it. Um, I used to love Howie. I'll just say that. Go ahead. She, she did. Like when we first met, um, she was a, another Howie girl and, you know, we went like, we went to the 20th anniversary and we were all Howie girls and we didn't know how it was going to work out. And then one day she just said, you know what, Melly, you can have Howie. Howie is my buddy. Oh. Howie is my buddy. You can have Howie. And we've realized though through process of elimination that she's actually been an AJ girl all along. With a little bit of Howie. So we're the, we're the exact opposite, right? Where I'm Howie with a little AJ, she's AJ with a little Howie. Uh, I, I always, okay, so I, I love that. And I also feel like I, my whole life, thought I was a Nick girl. But I think I'm a Kevin girl now. And, um, yeah. He, okay, Kevin's endearing. And he has his way of, like, yeah. You look at him and you're like, oh, hi. He's like the romantic comedy lead. Like, you go for Nick at the beginning of the movie because he's got the doughy eyes, but then he cheats on you with your best friend, and then you realize Kevin's been there all along singing you love songs that you didn't know were written about you. I'm not saying this is fan fiction. I'm just saying this is a hypothetical. Um, but that's how I feel like with Kevin. I feel like my whole life I've been with Nick, and then he cheated on me with my best. I'm not saying it's real life. No, I don't want to end yeah, yeah. But then, you know, Kevin's just always been there in the background. And every encounter, I mean, I've had great relationships with all of them, like great positive ones. But every encounter with Kevin has just been, like, so lovely and delightful. I just, like, feel like a kinship to Kevin. So I understand that. Like, maybe I'm really just a little bit of Nick with a lot more of Kevin now. Maybe it's what that, that was such a great way to describe it. <laughs> I understand. I've, I've never I want you to know that I love you. <laughs> that was Kevin. That was Kevin. That was Kevin for you. Oh my gosh. Yes, Maybe you could like, do a best friends podcast and okay, we would be ridiculous. But hey, I digress. Back to Howie. Back to Howie. Damn it, this is so Howie. Like, Howie's like, even in my own episode, I don't go and talk about other ones. Podcast. We talk about the other ones. Can I say that Howie really is amazing? He is. Um, he's just the sweetest. And when I said he was my buddy, I meant that he really is my buddy. He's just really kind and he'll see me. And uh, he's nicknamed me Sunshine. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, but he has. He's just—he's just a gentleman, and he's just one of the sweetest people. Oh, that's—I mean, I'm not surprised by any of this. Jacob, are you surprised? I am not. 
I knew it all along. Okay, so, I've been saying it since day one, Taylor. I guess I know. That's the thing is he just doesn't, and I think that people see him, like, shy, so they don't give him that chance. <clears throat> but then, like, you get to know him, and he is, he's, like, so very, very sweet, and he does such sweet things. And um, one example, um, just a couple years ago, um, Medina's mom passed away, and we had friends that were at, um, the Comic-Con that he was attending, and they're like, can you, you know, can you do, can you talk to them, can you do a video, can you do whatever? We got a phone call, and he spoke with both of us, and it was so genuine and sweet, and he didn't have to do that, but he will, he will go out of his way for those things for people that he cares about or people that he knows, and just makes that extra just the extra effort. Not that they don't all do that, but he just sometimes seems to go over and above. Yeah. I kind of, I feel like that about about AJ. I've seen him, like, go, like, Howie and AJ also, like, seem to, like, do the extra mile, like, a little bit more. Like, where you're like, oh, I recognize that. Thank you. Like, it's, it's um, yeah. I mean, and again, like, to your point, like, they all do their, they all do what they do, but it's nice when you do acknowledge, like, a little bit more just for the fans. I, I yep. totally get yep. that. Yes. Um, I, I didn't even ask you, but uh, how, okay, so tell me about the first time you met Howie. How, how was that experience? Uh, well, okay. I actually met him, like, a long time ago when only I would remember it. So that doesn't kind of count because it was outside a hotel at their bus when people used to do that. Um, well, yeah. But then the actual first time that I met him face-to-face, um, it was kind of, it was really quick. We were, I was a radio winner. My um, ex-husband worked, or still does, he works in radio, so I was a, t- taken in as a radio winner. We were, like, shuffled in and shuffled out, so it was super quick. Uh, and then the next time was during the NKOCBSD tour, and I had a sign that said "How he danced with me." Um, and Brian, we had the sound check party. Brian laughed and he's like, "Do you want to dance with Howie?" And then they were trying to get his attention. He was off looking somewhere else and pointed. He's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then um, I actually got pulled up on stage when they sang to fans during that show. Um, and I was like 12 rows back, but he remembered the sign and saw the sign. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty special. I think every, I mean, every time that I see him is really special. So it's not like, you know, does the first time I met him, does that stand out as, as the most special? Not really. Cause there's been so many other times that have just meant more and been more special than that time. So, uh, it's hard to say that first time. Yeah. It is so quick, right? And then, like, now now they're not so quick because I know in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I know him. He knows me. I'm going to say hi, hi, hi. Nick will inevitably try and turn me, and I'm like, no. <laughs> don't. I'm going. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to Howie. Don't turn me. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Nothing. Sometimes Kevin gets forgotten because I'm going straight to Howie for those pictures. But, um, yeah. The first time was really fast, so uh, yeah, not that mem- not that memorable. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
way better ones in the past, like, three years, especially the Vegas ones. We did some pretty, my friends and I did some pretty crazy um, photos with them one time where it was yeah. Halloween and we asked them to wear vampire fangs. <laughs> we asked them to wear vampire fangs and they were like, you have to bite your neck. And so there's like pictures of them pretending to bite our neck. I think I've seen that picture. I think mm-hmm. I've seen that. And yeah. Because I remember it. So mm-hmm. and then the next one, our one friend has a whip and we're all like scared because she's trying to whip Kevin and like... <laughs> So the first one was like wah wah, and then all these ones since have been like fireworks and yeah. I love that they're so game to do those photos too. Like they're just always for anything. They really are. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, how it's gonna look now. You know, when we can get back to everything oh. again. But um, you know, definitely. Definitely have had some fun ones. Um, we had dinner with Howie in Vegas, and I said to him at dinner, I said, well, you need to, you pick the, you pick the pose. Because at that time, I was, like, tired of it. Let's all stand in the middle and put our arms around each other. You know, like, I needed something fun. And um, and that was another night Nick tried to turn me, and Howie's like, nope, I have a plan for her. Nope, not for <laughs> her. And then, you know, he's down on one knee. You know. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, they're just a game to do those fun ones as we are, because I'm sure that they get bored with, like, standing there in a line with their arms around each other. Yeah. No, yeah. they're, they're things that are good sports. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us something about Howie that um, I know that you have many personal stuff that we're not going to ask you to share. No matter how much I am dying to ask, I will not ask. But I'll be mentally thinking it. But uh, tell us something about Howie um, that um, that the fan, not all the fans know about him. I know you kind of touched on that, but like he does all this like amazing work on the side, and I think that that's awesome. But like, is like personality wise, or like even something kooky about him. Like, what is something about him that um, not a lot of us get to know because he's just so behind the scenes? He likes to cook. Um, he just recently did, um, where you could buy a ticket to watch him cook. Um, so he quite, he enjoys cooking. I know, um, in past interviews, he's talked about, he'll make steak for the boys and the boys call it dad ass steak. And, um, so he likes to cook and kind of experiment a little bit with what he's cooking. Um, I know they spend a lot of time on the water. Um, and I've seen, you know, like things that I'm like, oh, I didn't know he would get in a kayak and go in a kayak because it's not something in the back of, like, in my head that I was like, oh, that's how he would do that, <laughs> you know, but, you know, kind of those things that stick out in my head. Uh, he's really, he's quite funny, um, and very, he's pretty cheeky, you know, he'll make comments that you're like, oh, okay. He really did say that, you know, and, you know, laugh. And, but he is, he's just, he's just one of those, like, if you, this is going to sound so cliche, but sometimes if, you know, you look in, like, a textbook for, like, what a good guy is, his picture could be there because he's just, like, he's just genuine and he's such a, a family guy and he's really, really strong in his faith and, you know, his family's so, so important to him, you know, his 
the boys and Lee and then his sisters and his brother and his mom and you know that side of it is so important to him and to carry on you know kind of the family side and those family traditions and to support his family you know and the things that they do outside of you know what he does so um I mean I think most people know he's a family guy but he's such a great he's just a great guy like I feel like I'm gushing more than I should but but I, I believe it, though. I agree. I think he, he's always seemed very kind and sincere, always. <laughs> and he goes a long way, I, I think. I just uh, always appreciate sincerity in a person, and that definitely is Howie, for sure. Def- yeah, he is very much so. Like, what you see is what you get. Um, very seldom do you see an angry side or, you know, a side where he's not... Um, approachable or tends to be like, no, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to talk to you. Like, you would never, you know, and you don't necessarily see that from all the guys, but he's just more willing to, you know, step up and sign all those autographs and do all those things, you know, that may take him late into the night. He'll do those things. Nice. Um, Jacob, do you have any questions for Melly before we... um, segue into our album review of which one am i no i just liked hearing about how great he was i kind of like lost track of any questions i did have he really is he really is like yeah there's no no airs about him no yeah what you see is what you get Jacob, do you feel, I have a question for Jacob now. Jacob, do you feel like now that you've heard all these wonderful things about Howie, is it kind of like when, like, you idolize someone and then, I know you didn't meet him, but this is probably, like, the closest to it, where you have heard how wonderful he is and you're like, oh, yay, my, like, idol is not a jerk. Is it like that? You know, like, do you feel like, oh, like, validated? Mm, I don't know. I kind of already had this feeling that Howie was a great guy. I feel like I didn't need any validation otherwise. But it was really nice to actually, you know, get... I don't know. Yeah, I guess that validation was nice. But I kind of always knew that Howie was a great guy. With or without. But yeah. I'm glad that I could help you out with that that side of it. And, you know, and everybody else that's listening to, like, just give the boy a chance. Yeah. I know. Nellie, do you have time to do a album review of us of which one am I? I can, yeah. Okay. And your friend is welcome to join in as well. Um Yes, please, please whisper in some comments whenever you feel ready. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you for being game to do the album review with us. So we are doing Which One Am I? Um, If uh, previous episodes, um, normally what happens is that we have a rating scale and then Jacob does the opposite of whatever we've talked about. So it means nothing. But nonetheless, uh, we have, for me, I'm doing one to five stars. Jacob, how are you rating each song? What is your rating scale? Um, I think I did one to five also. Maybe? Yeah, we're never consistent, ever. <laughs> yeah. I've also given Melly a heads up that it's also one to five, so she's just, so this is consistency at its finest. It's yep. the house magic all. Okay, you know, 
it could it could be one through four. I don't know. I did it like two weeks ago, so I'm not sure. If we had done it on the day that we were supposed to, I would have been able to tell you. But yeah, it's been two weeks. Okay, since you know I did what? It. Okay, Jacob is giving me a hard time because I quit the podcast for one week and I didn't tell him about it, and he's not letting this go. I'm not embarrassed. mentioned that this is kind of like a kid's album I thought someone was going to mention that nobody mentioned that that's what I I was saying like you should do an intro but then that wasn't mentioned that was a big thing that I wanted to mention no but I agree though because I think I think that people weren't ready for it when they realized it's a kid's album and then they were like what is this this is dumb this is right like were really hard at the beginning because they didn't realize that it was a kids album it wasn't yeah. geared towards us right yeah and that's only how i reviewed this album i had to like similar to dead seven you have to get in the mindset of like this is not a Backstreet boys solo album this is a kids album so you gotta yeah. review exactly can i also say that it's not just a kids album but it's a coming of age and it's an album where because he is of um, mixed cultures, it kind of brings that to light um, and letting kids know that it's okay to be who you are. So I think that's a huge point about the Del Mondo is that it's about diversity and accepting yourself and accepting others. Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally got that from listening to this album was that you can di- get different... Um, like different types of culture, different types of like coming of age points, 
and I think it touched on it really well. I will not say too much. Just I'm going to shut up now, and I'll let Jacob talk. But yes, agree with what you're saying. <laughs> Jacob, um, go for it. <laughs> all right, so the first song is Which One Am I? So this is like the intro song. And it kind of does like a silly, fun little intro where he talks about, he describes each one of the Backstreet Boys um, and kind of like his kind of personal connection with each one of them. Uh, like, um, fuck. I wrote, has the long hair. Yeah. It says that Brian, Brian always makes everybody laugh. Yeah, Nick's a heartthrob. Um, Brian's a funny one. AJ with the dance moves. For, yeah. for his thing, he said he's the soft-spoken, peacemaking, booty-shaking mystery. For mystery, is that just kind of like he's like a quiet guy? Is that what he meant by that? I don't think so. Because I don't know if I would... Would I describe Howie as mysterious? I guess so. But he does seem like a shy, quiet guy. <laughs> I think maybe the mystery part is like. I'm oh, sorry, my computer's making a weird sound. I'm sorry. That's okay. I was like, what? Time's up. Time's up. Goodbye. Bye. I think the mystery side of it is just because he, like, people don't know him. Sure. Uh huh. So then that, then he ends up being that mystery because everybody can pinpoint Nick and they can pinpoint Nick and, like, automatically be like that's who that person is but with how it's a mystery to a lot of them okay yeah, yeah. He a lot. so there's a lot in that brain of his that he doesn't really say yeah i could see a fly on that wall the things i'd like to know um I, 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 I seriously like i'm just like mm, the things i want to like take inside his brain but i'll ask right. him another time uh I like I like to see. I'm all about like self-deprecation. I do. Well, we do it all the time. But I I kind of love it because it's just like so much humility. And I love that this song like had that where he's like, uh, no, no, I wasn't in sync. No, not Menudo. No, yeah, uh huh. That's that's me. Nope, not that group. You know. So I kind of liked it. It was already starting like really funny, and it kind of like gets any of the. Uh, like awkwardness uh, out of the way, you know. Yeah. So I like that. That was the starting track to the album. It kind of like set the tone, and I like that he like it's kind of like a Backstreet Boys uh, nod, you know, because it has each each show about each of them, and it has like this fifties pop kind of vibe, um, which yeah. I like picked up on the rest of the album. So um, Jacob, I don't know what you bring with it, but I I gave the song four stars. Um, I gave it. I gave it a five. I would, I would give it a four, just because there's other songs on there that I got on the album that I think are a five. So, um, I give it a four. And the funny fact, if you guys didn't know, he actually did try out for Menudo, and he oh. sang in front of Rick, and he sang in front of Ricky Martin. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. Did you know that? Jacob? I didn't know that, <laughs> but I do now. Yep. You know, and I'll never forget I, it. I mean, I think he would have been great in Menudo, but I'm so glad he did not go to Menudo. Me, me too. Me too. Um, all right. Uh, second song, Back in the Day. What were your thoughts? Jacob, we'll start with you. So this is kind of like a 
more bluesy, funky type song, and it has like Santana style guitars on it. Um, and just kind of talking about like what it was like uh, for him, like you know, back in the day, it's kind of like him doing like a little time machine and going back and talking about what it was when he was like uh, in elementary school. Yeah, and it has a really catchy little uh, chorus with the female backup. I really like with the how we do. Like an amazing kid song that 
if it was in a movie, people would love it. And I'm like, so it, whatever magic you could do, Melly, to like get it into a Pixar movie, I'm sure you have that kind of power. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, I just like, and I will segue with this, of also like, um, I think it was a couple weeks ago, um, Nick had posted on Twitter about wanting to do a kid's book, and I'm like, listen, you, and I say this, you know, with all due respect, I'm like, listen, you son of a bitch, you do not put a kid's book out, you let Howie do that, this is the album for Howie to do that, step away, stop it, I I, I heard or saw, or at one point when they were doing all the pressers for the album, there was talk of a book. I remember seeing it, but I don't know who actually said it, or if it was somebody threw it out there, or, but the whole album itself could be a book. But they could. It could be as well. Yes. <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, like, Nick, no, on the book. You need to just stop. And then, like, let it be Howie's thing. So Howie could have, because it would tie so well together with the album. And then a song with the, you know, in the Disney movie or Pixar. It would probably most likely be Pixar, like a Monster Inc. type of thing is what I'm seeing. But I loved it, and I gave it six stars. That's how much I love this song. Wow. You heard it here first. Six stars. Jacob, Jacob, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a 80s style kind of rock ballad with like big kind of like Santana guitars again. And I think like the bridge kind of reminded me of like Sticks or Rush. Um, I gave it a five. And I saw yeah, the video too. Yeah. The video is great too. The video is really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it was- really fun and it's really catchy. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of my five. Like, that one gets a five from me. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, track four, Shy. Um, this one had a lot of, like, what I thought was, like, a little bit of the slower song for the album. Um, it had, like, this 50s, and I think there's a lot of themes to, like, 50s of uh, tone, like R&B. Um, it reminded me a lot of a similar, um, I don't know if you heard... Next solo album, All American, but this song he does, Cherry Pie, reminded me a little bit of mm-hmm. like how he's shy. Right. So it had like a very similar like doo wop, you know, fifties like slowness to it, which I thought um, this song did a really good job of like showcasing um, like his vocal talent, uh, which I really appreciated. So I liked it a lot. I agree on the, like, showcasing his vocal talent and his range, because there's some, like, pretty high notes in it, um, and I, I appreciate, I just appreciate it, you know, you don't want to be shy, but somehow he ended up being that shy kid, and he always saw himself as that shy kid, and I, I sometimes still feel, uh, even in Backstreet Boys, that he is still that shy kid. Yeah, you know, he's not always that outgoing, not outspoken. Yes, he has a voice now, and he's learned to voice his opinions and himself a little bit better, but he's still shy. So this song, like, reflects that in him for me. I agree. Uh, I gave it a three and a half. Jacob, what do you think of the song? Yeah, I mean, I really like this one, too, and exactly it did make me think of the um, the Nick Carter from the All-American 
uh, cherry pie because it, it is that kind of like, uh, you know, malt shop 50s style doo type song, which kind of makes me think of like, um, it really made me think of like Beauty School Dropout and Raining on Prom Night from Greece. Oh, um, yeah. And you know what? And yeah, I mean, I think it's, I love, I love the different ranges of, uh, genres that he plays on in this album and also you know the different ways that he sings each song because it really kind of like showcases his talent which i think gets overshadowed a lot so oh and i think and then i think this uh yeah and then i think this song did it really well i think this song did it really well though um then there are other great songs on it too but this one you know, he really does kind of, he messes with the falsetto, which I think he did really well. Um, and I gave it a five. Yeah, agreed. Oh! Yeah, this is also, this is, that's another, another one for me, that's a five. All right. Okay. Uh, track five, Worry. Um, I like, uh, the, it has like a Jamaican uh, tone to it. Um, I personally loved how his voice sounded in this album, and I don't know why I got, like, it, to me, it reminisced of a little bit of No Doubt Tragic Kingdom, um, with a little bit of how, maybe how the instruments sounded, but I, like, picked up on, like, some No Doubt way back 90s Tragic Kingdom, which is a personal favorite album of mine, um, so I really loved it, um, and I love, like, the words behind it, so for me, overall, like, uh, because I just, I love a good upbeat song, um, I gave it a four, but that, that was my uh, thoughts on Worry. I have a personal connection to Worry again, because for whatever reason, again, this is one of those ones that my day home kids have picked up. <laughs> <laughs> that, if they, like, they're two, they're two and two, um, and we have Google, like Google, and they will be like, Google! Hey, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So my daughter comes down and she will put it on her eye, like on her phone, connected to Google, and they're like, "Play more, play more Howie." And every day we have to play this song every day. Before it used to be we had to play the video because the video was I could only find it on Facebook for a while. And so then we play the video, but every single day one or two of them will ask for it, and they literally lose their poop. When that song comes on, they will, like, drop the toy that they're playing with, and all of a sudden they're running around and jumping and screaming and squealing and dancing, and and then we'll stop it, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I love everything that he does, but I think just because they have these connections with these songs, that worry is, like, a 10, just because (laughs) the way that, that they've reacted and the way that they've connected to it, is amazing. Which yeah. is not easy to do for little kids. I mean, like, to find a song that, like, a little kid can, like, resonate with um, and then still be catchy and, like, all these different things that you have to do to, like, make it work. Because, like, sometimes with, like, a pop song, like an adult, like, you know, contemporary, you don't have to put that much work into it. Like, people will like it if it's, like, a certain artist or if it's a certain, like, type of sound. But with, like, kids, like, they don't have that bias. Like, they're going to like it if it just, like, connects with them however it does. So yeah. it, it's interesting that they can make it work in that way, or he makes it work in that way. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like this song a lot too. Uh, Taylor, you said it sounded, it reminded you of No Doubt Tragic Kingdom. It reminded me of a Sublime song. Oh. Called Johnny Butt. Uh-huh. But yeah, I give it a five. Pollyanna, that's is that his sister? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She um she actually here's her little plug. She actually just re released an album she recorded that he was um he played a part in it. I think he produced it, wrote some songs and he sings on it. Mm. Um, but she just actually re released that, um, on iTunes today. Nice. Oh. Mom, You know, I gave... But you know, it is a very kids this is like the kids song of this album. You know. Yeah. This is definitely a more kid Kids will like this more than adults will for sure. Yeah, um and appreciate it more. But I still, I still liked it. I thought it was a good song. Um, yeah. Well, also, like, I just realized this. So it sounds like the three of you, because Jacob works with kids um, and, like, uh, recess after school. So he, you know, and also you have your home daycare. And then, please forgive me, is it, uh, oh, my God, your friend's name. I'm so sorry. I know who you are, and I forgot your name. I'm so sorry. 
it's Medina. It's okay. Medina. Okay. So Medina, you said you also teach. So it's interesting because all three of you like work with kids. So you have a very different like connection with this album than like I mean I have kids, but like still, but like working with them, like you see this stuff more on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What did we did we all rate Pollyanna's Shadow? I cannot remember. We did. Yeah. We okay. Did. Seven. I think it too. I think yeah. it's four. Yeah. I think his voice sounds really dreamy on this one, though. So. Aww. <laughs> it did. I mean, his voice, like I will say, his voice is consistently good. I think, like. Uh, in my opinion, of the entire uh, Backstreet history, like I feel like him and AJ have always had the consistent vocals. Uh, uh-huh. So I think like he in this album does a very good job of like he, like doing different things, but still having like that consistent talent. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And it quickly them. Um, seven, School Bell Tango. Um, I thought it was super funny. I love the sound of the, of the whole sound. It resonates with my daughter because it takes a good hour to wake her up in the morning. So I felt personally vindicated by this song. Um, but the, at the very end, the very, very end of the track, he does something with his voice that just sounds amazing right at the end of it. That was just like such a good touch. So for me, I gave it five stars. This is one of those ones that I don't listen to on a regular basis. So I kind of don't, I don't know it as well as the other ones. So in actuality, I can't give it a fair rating. Or a fair comment on it. Because it is, it's one of those ones that I don't know if I just need to give it a little, because I'm like so attached to so many of the other ones. And that happens quite regularly for me with, with, any of their albums, including his first solo album, there's songs that I will like hit repeat and literally will play 20 times over because I love it. And then there's songs that I miss and I forget about, then I have to go back and listen to them. So that's definitely one I need to like take a re-listen to. It's like kind of like uh, School Bell Tango reminds me of Chicago, but like the super kids version where a woman's not going to jail for murdering somebody. It's like the kids version of Chicago. too i just like i like thought the concept was really funny you know i could really see like this like in a movie or a show like using like a montage of a kid at school kind of just, like going through these motions of just like hating school and having to go from one class to another um i liked it a lot i gave it a five oh, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to go listen to it for sure i know i know two out of two out of three fans recommend Small time blues. Uh, I personally 
am five foot one. So I gave it five stars because this is my jam. And it's about time that someone made a song for the short folks. So, wasn't there a Randy Newman song where he says short people have no reason to live? That was in, uh, I think that was in the Little Rascals movie. I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure that is a song. Sing a song like that. Yeah. In case Jacob's sense of humor is very sarcastic and dark. No, that's a real song from a real movie. It's a real song? It's a real song from a real movie. From the Little Rascals movie. Um. Um, vocally very fun. Um, but I don't know what that means because I wrote that two weeks ago. <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah i imagine that when i listened to it i thought oh he's having fun with doing the vocals on this song so that's why i wrote it i assume It's about being too short, and I'm 5'3", so I gave it a 6. Number one, about time 
Maui. But number two, like, for Jacob, you leave, you leave everything in this one. They probably will because they won't want to edit any of it. Yeah, probably. All right, funny, let me bring it. Espanol. I also, I'm Colombian and I don't speak any Spanish either, so it resonated with me. I gave it also five stars. This, I love this song. I love it's fun. I think the video really helped. Um, I love it even more because I love seeing James in this video and I love seeing Mama D um, as well. So this is a sticker for me. Yeah, I'm going to jump in on this one again, thinking with my teacher hat, that stereotypes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so backgrounds that you just assume, so let's not assume, and it kind of really brought that to light. And then I also love the video, that helped, and James being in it. Um, but yeah, the whole theme of, yeah, all right, I'm Puerto Rican, but no, I don't have to know Spanish, so... For that, I give it a six. Oh! Ah, the, sad, the sad thing about it is, like, he feels so bad that he doesn't know Spanish. So he's uh-huh. learning it. He's using Duolingo and learning it because he just feels yeah. awful that he doesn't know it. Well, also, like, it's not fair to him that he's, like, I mean, let's be honest, right? He's the token Hispanic guy of the Bashy Boys, even though AJ is also, like, Hispanic as well. But, like, everybody's like, oh, he's the land lover. He's, like, how he's the land lover. He's, like, so, you know, also they've done some songs in Spanish, right? So I think mm-hmm. it's, like, why assume? Also, like, he has a huge fan base in Brazil and Colombia. So I feel like there has to be... Yeah, I mean, like, there has to be some kind of pressure there that you have to live up to that expectation of being the token Hispanic person and knowing the language. Um, And it's not, like, it doesn't have to be clearly implied, but, like, it totally is because even just, like, and again, I'm not comparing my daughter to Howie D by any means. They're very different scales, but, like, even when she's, like, around other people who are Hispanic, they automatically start speaking Spanish to her, and then it's awkward because she's like, I don't know what, no, what you're saying. So, and then, and then there also is, like, kind of a look of, like, oh, well, then your identity must not be fully Hispanic then because you don't know Spanish. So it's uh, definitely a huge insecurity um, that I totally can understand, even though I personally don't know it, but I understand it from my daughter's perspective. Um, I totally get um, how that can be a huge identity crisis and just how, you know, it's it's a lot of pressure to, like, live up to to that idea. Definitely. So that takes you back to, which one am I? (laughs) Oh, I see what you did there. Well done. Well, I do, but it's exactly like the you have to choose. And you shouldn't have to choose. Yeah. That's true. It's yeah. definitely true. Yeah. It's true. Uh, one, if you didn't know. Sorry. <laughs> no. I appreciate 
appreciate that. It's been great conversation. Uh, did everybody rate the song? Did I miss any ratings? I think we got her in. Okay. Uh, number 10, The Me I'm Meant to Be. Uh, this was my one of my favorite songs. I gave it a five. I thought that, um, I thought that this song had the most BSD influence uh, to it. Like, um, like it was inspirational. It was beautiful piano. It reminded me of like, not like vocally, but like the theme of like, show them what you're made of. But then uh, like the way that it sounded reminded me of like, what makes you different makes you beautiful, which is also a song that like how he got done. I, I really like it made me think of that but also like even that song what makes you different makes you beautiful and showing what you're made of are also like inspirational to like kids or like diversity or even to like just like you know just uh, really like for the underdog I felt like so it, it was such a great song it was one of my personal favorites um, I know I gave like Monsters in the Dark six you know but like I give this one like a five to six so it was amazing. Okay. Yeah, it, um, the first time I heard it was in Medina's car and I was listening and then listening to the lyrics and just thinking about um, that even though this is a kid's album, those lyrics hit really hard for me and really um, were kind of like the me I'm meant to be. I gotta, you know, I gotta make my mind up. I, you know, personally had gone through a separation and left my husband and five years into it still kind of don't know where I am where I fit sometimes so it's like make my mind up and I gotta do it I gotta take this chance and and do it so for me it has such a just a deeper personal meaning behind those lyrics and then to have seen him sing it live in the musical was I mean, I will gush about him forever and his voice and, and when he sings, but he sang it the second show on the Saturday and he cried during it. And there was just yeah. such, like, such emotion behind it because I think for him too, right? Like, he's trying, he's now the me he was meant to be or finding out exactly who he's supposed to be and coming into his own. And I think it resonates not... This one, I think, resonates a little bit more with adults than with kids. Yeah. So I can't even, like, rate it on a scale of one to five because, for me, it surpasses all of it. It Yeah, just the message behind it and everything just surpasses a five rating. So it gets a whatever rating higher than a five, bigger than a six, more than 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, um... I do. I love this. This also, for me, is at least a 10, and that's at least. Because I think, again, like Melissa said, it resonates with adults and children, right? And I, for me, I got the whole, keep trying, keep trying, don't stop. And I think that's where the message could come for a child. But even as an adult, again, the whole, wow, am I the me I'm meant to be? So it's, you know, reflective. Um, and it does, it has that ballad feel, which is reminiscent of Factory Boys and Howie, which I thought was just amazing. So I have to give it a 10. Very well. Jacob, Jacob, last but not least. Um, 
Sorry, Jacob. I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. Oh, no. You're fine. I interrupt him all the time. This is just how we do things. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see what I did there? I gave this song a five. Uh, it is the only non-school narrative song, uh, but also, like you said, Taylor, uh, very kind of like closest to like a BSB type song. And yeah, it's very inspirational sounding. Feels like it could be like in a Disney movie, like Frozen, or something like that. You know. Uh, but yeah, I give it a five. Well, the remake. Well, um, hold on. Yeah. Well, the back in the day, oh. it's not the same because it kind of recaps all the stuff that happened in the album, all the problems that he had, and how he kind of fixed them. Yeah. Oh. Plus, it has that. Plus, it has that cute outro where he, it's like he's in a car asking his sons what he, what they thought of the, uh, mm-hmm. song. Which yeah, I like. And I gave it a five. I gave that one a five, too. Classic grade school song. Taken 
a song and taught about the song. So I think in that aspect, he's done, you know, he's achieved, I hope, what he partially set out to do and, you know, and to have that connect with his own kids for this song is really, really great as well because, he, you know, he basically did it because he needed to have that connection with the kids and, you know, you can't be listening to top 40 songs all the time with your kids because there's either swears in them or there's suggestive things, you know, that go on and this just gave him that avenue to have that with his boys. Right. Yeah, I, um, I give it a five also. I think it is such a breakthrough for Howie because it gave him creative license to do something different and to show everybody that he is a Backstreet Boy, but he's so much more. And I think that credibility for him, I, I think he wants it and he pays it and he deserves it. So I like seeing him step out of his normal box. Um, and I thought he really, really shone in this, especially seeing the musical. So I'm definitely going to give it a five. Again, the teacher and me, um, I know the teachers actually took it into the classroom and they were using it. I'm huge on diversity. I'm huge on getting rid of stereotypes. So I think all of that was done in a very fun and creative way. So kudos to him and definitely a five. Uh, I, um, sorry, I don't know why two hours later I just thought of this because this is nothing relevant with anything. But how are you on the phone? But, uh, so, Medina, how are you on the phone with us? And now you are on the phone with us. I just, like, as I heard you talking, I was like, wait, how, what do you on her phone right now? She's on, like, she's on my regular phone. And um, got it. I bet, again, this is not the most important thing. No, but I'm one of, like, very few people that still has a landline. She has a landline. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Okay. Sorry, that's, I just was starting, I just hit me, and then I didn't even ask about it, but thank you for clearing up this huge mystery. You're welcome. Later. Figured out. Um, my goodness. Um, I, okay, overall, I, thought, I gave it a four. I thought that as a kid's album, it was fantastic. I thought it touched on many different things of, like, the insecurities that kids feel. I felt it did a really good job of, like, um, vocally, it was consistent, it was great, there was some catchiness to it, um, very catchy song, it, it just really overall was great, solid work. Um, I appreciated and really respected that, you know, as, a, as an opportunity to go outside the Backstreet Boys, you know, uh, like, similar with, like, what Brian did when he wanted to go into, like, the Christian album, is, like, that's what, like, how he did with, like, kids' albums, you know, of, like, I know that this is a niche I'm going to be really good at, I want to give this a try, and I think he, like, nailed it out of the park, and for not having, truly, honestly, being honest, I never listened to it before, um, but then giving it, a, like, a real listen this time, I'm like, oh my god, like, I really underestimated, like, the quality of this work, and not because I didn't think I was going to like it, like, it just, like, before any of this, like, I didn't feel like that connection with Howie, but now, like, having to, like, listen and, like, go through this episode, I'm like, oh my god, like, he's really underestimated, and I'm, like, really excited to see some of the things that Howie's gonna do, so, um, yeah. Just gave a goosebumpy. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Accomplished. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Jacob, there overall, 
um, you know, I gave it a five. When I found out that it was gonna that it was a kids album, I was not sure because you know, I mean, I don't know what it's like reviewing kids albums in general because I don't do that and I don't seek out to listen to kids albums. So I was like, okay, this could possibly suck, but um, but no, it's it's actually a really great album. Uh, the content is great. I think his use of kind of like um, adult contemporary genres with subjects that are relatable, not just for kids, but also for parents, but all, but put in kind of like a, um, through a kid lens so that you can have it as a kid's album, but still let it be, you know, uh, relatable and accessible for adults and children. I think he, you know, he did it. He executed it perfectly, you know. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I wish it was longer. Yay. More songs would have been better. Actually, mm-hmm. I wish wow. it was longer, too, and I wish there was more songs. And, like, kudos to um, him and, you know, his writing partners, Tor and Lisa, very much, um, like, took his childhood and his experiences growing up and put them into song and then moved it into a musical and I'm I'm sad that not everybody was able to see the musical and don't know when it will be able for people to see it again and to hear some of the other songs that they incorporated into it because I think the musical again it resonated with kids that were there and it resonated with adults too so um, both the album and the musical between Howie, Tor, and Lisa putting it all together and wrapping it all up in a nice little package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if I would have seen it in, as a musical, and I, and I love musicals, like I think if I would have seen it, I probably for sure would have given it a five because I didn't even know that there was a musical. And like, kind of like once you said that when we first talked about this, I was like, oh my god, that would be an amazing musical to see. Like this, these songs would be perfect for like that Broadway stage. So I think like now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, if I saw that, I for sure would have given this album a five. Yeah, I, I'm so sad that not, like, not more people were able to see it, but it only ran for, you know, that month, and then they were in, on tour, and then, well, here we are with COVID, and right, who knows what will happen from here, but, you know, they had talked that um, there was uh, a theater in Orlando that was interested in it, so you never know. I mean, it may, it may pop up again, and there may be that ability for people to see it. Um, I know that they had talked about... Uh, or they've been mentioned to them about maybe they should make a CD of it, but, you know, that's time-consuming and costly sometimes, yeah. too. But I, I just wish that everybody had the chance to see it. Is it um, accessible on YouTube or online anywhere? It's not at all, because there was no, like, you couldn't record anything. Um, so just whatever you saw or if somebody, like, sneakily recorded something, um, then you'd be able to see it. But other than that, it's not um, there may still be clips on the Rose Theater in Omaha on their website. Um, oh, wow. But they were, or on their um, Instagram, there may still be some clips there. But again, they're very, very short, like 30 seconds. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same as, like, seeing the whole show. No, from beginning to end. Yeah, like, it, it was really, really well done. He did an amazing job. And then the um, cast that they picked, 
were amazing too. So yeah, I'm just sad that not more people were able to see it or knew about it or were able to travel or yeah. I would have actually would have gone to see like now knowing like what I know and like listening to this album, I would have loved to have gone see that. I really would have. I, I think it would have been amazing to see. So uh, it's good for you that you got to see it. So that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, we have done two and a half hours of just being on this call. Thank, first of all, thank you for um, for topping it up with us and having to talk about out of Howie for two and a half hours. I'm so sorry. It's so hard to do. Where do I find? Where do I stop? I don't know what to do. Well, you know, for the first, I would I would say for the first uh, interaction with you ladies chatting with us, um, you have been very lovely guests to have. Uh, Medina, thank you for your surprise uh, guest appearance. It's been very very entertaining. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time, uh, the lots of time to talk with us. Um, I hope you get an opportunity to check out our previous podcast episodes. If you like this, you'll like all of our other stuff. I'm guessing, I don't know. It's not as how we feel, though, so maybe not. But if you have the chance, feel free to check right. it out. But, um, but yeah, I think this is this concludes our Howie episode. Jacob, do you have Yay. any final thoughts before we let our wonderful guests go? Uh, nope, just, uh, thanks for doing this. This was really fun, really great. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, thank you for, for asking me to do it. Um, after I said me, and then I was hesitant because I was like, you know, I didn't want to say too much, but then I was like, no, I'll do it. And so to, for providing the questions and then for, you know, bringing the Bessie in because, like I said in the beginning, without Howie, there wouldn't be the two of us and, you know, uh -huh. we're two things in a pod, so mm -hmm. people think Funny Girl 20, where's Melly? Think Melly, where's Funny Girl 20? So <laughs> we kind of go hand in hand, so it was, inevitable. it was inevitable that she would be included. Oh, uh, well, I, I, I love that. Don't let me in. I do appreciate it. As your oh my god, no. The more the merrier. Well, I hope we entertained you as well as you've entertained us. This was a very fun episode. I can't wait. Uh, it will probably be edited in five years, uh, but that's okay. Whenever it comes out, it comes out. <laughs> Whenever it comes out, it comes out. You let me know, and I'll post it on Howie D's World, and then I'll pop it into um, the fan club, and then may just fire it off to some other people that may get it to other people that could get it to one person that may like to hear it. I, I, she will. Whoever, okay, listen, I, Kevin will listen to it whenever Kevin wants to listen to it. You don't have to push it on him, okay? Whenever he oh, wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I but love this, it. Part where I say that Nick cheats on uh, me with my friend. Just that, that part. But other than that, the rest of it. <laughs> put the disclaimer and it be like, Kevin, if you listen to this, don't.
on again. Yes, uh, you yes. were a lot of fun, and I would Anytime. love to have you back. Anytime, I'll get up for it. Okay. Oh, I'm going to. I feel like it has to be a joint adventure at this point. Like, it has to be me and Jacob and then Melanie and Medina. Like, that just seems like that's just like an arrangement that we have. Hey, I'm cool with it. If you're cool with it and you want to yeah, talk to yeah, I'm down. Yay. All right. This is now a contract and we have four co hosts. You can't take it back now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody right. have a very wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and so welcome. And this is the conclusion of our Howie D episode with Back Streets Back podcast. Yep. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. bye. Jacob, say bye. Don't. By the way, have you learned anything from work about anything?